I am the resurrection and the life. In today's scripture lesson and in today's stained glass window, we hear Jesus proclaiming, I am the resurrection and the life. What Jesus does not say here is, if you are kind and faithful, then one day in the future you will be raised to new life in heaven. No. Jesus speaks here in the present tense. I am. This passage echoes the major theme in the Gospel of John, which is life. Jesus says in another place in John, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. And in the opening verses of John, we read, what came into being through Jesus was life. And to the woman at the well, Jesus says, I give you not just water, but living water. The word life is repeated more than 50 times in John. Here, Jesus announces that God's life breaks in upon the people now in their everyday lives, not only in some future afterlife. The stained glass windows in our sanctuary are both story and theology. Each window tells a story from the Bible, but each window also proclaims a theology, a thought about God. Today, we will look more closely at the window called the Martha window on the north side of our sanctuary. But before we look at Martha, I want to show you some of the other stories from the Bible that are tucked away into the smaller panels of the Martha window. Each of them depicts a Bible character who experienced for herself resurrection, new life. Dorcas, also called Tabitha, was known for her acts of charity in the early church. The book of Acts tells us that Dorcas died and then they sent for Peter and he came and raised her back to life. Lydia was a wealthy woman who sold rare purple cloth, but when she heard Paul preach, she decided to follow Christ and she was baptized into new life. And then she opened her home as a place of hospitality and safe haven, both for Paul and other leaders in the Christian movement. Priscilla did not keep her mouth shut, as was the custom for women in her day, but she rose up and spoke out as a teacher and traveled with other missionaries who spread Christianity. The widow of Nain has no speaking part in the Bible, but she watched her son die, and then Jesus came to visit and raised her son to life again. And even Two women from the Old Testament appear in this window, Rachel, the wife of Jacob and the mother of Joseph, and Rebekah, the wife of Isaac. These women remind us of families and nations in danger of destruction whom God used to raise up a new generation of faithful leaders, leaders who worked for justice and love in a broken world. Rachel and Rebekah, remind us that plagues and wars and famines and refugee crises have faces of a normal human family through whom God appears. All of these women experienced Jesus' words, I am the resurrection and the life. Their lives were not perfect, 
or pain-free, but they felt the power of God's love rising up within their hearts, and they tasted the reality of resurrection joy on this side of the grave. But how does that play out in our real lives today? Is it just a fancy theological concept that resurrection can be as much of a reality today as in the future? How is resurrection available to you and to me? Can it be true that new life is rising up in our churches, our families, our nation, our planet, even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of environmental disaster, even in the midst of racial injustice, can there be new life from our Lord Jesus today? Or will that glory come to us, as we often say to one another, only after the vaccine is here? If I had the answers to these tough questions, I would give them to you right now. We could cut the sermon short, break bread, sing a hymn, and call it good, but I don't. I find Jesus' claim, I am the resurrection and the life, baffling, mysterious. Fred Craddock, a New Testament scholar in his own right, said that what the Gospel of John is saying in this passage is that apart from trust in God, the whole world is a cemetery. But into the world, God sends Jesus to offer us resurrection, new life. None of us wants to live our lives in the cemetery. So how do we experience new life, that resurrected life today? Martha is the main character in the window. And she's the main character in John's story that we heard today. Martha is honest and vulnerable with Jesus. She must have been at that stage of grief where you're sorting through which Tupperware dishes go back to which family after the post-funeral meal. Her brother Lazarus has died and has been in the tomb four days. Martha expresses her grief and her frustration with Jesus when she runs out on the road to greet him. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. There's no pretense or posturing in Martha's conversation with Jesus. Maybe she's just too worn out with tears and sleepless nights to pretend with Jesus. She tells him what she believes, that yes, one day her brother will rise. But for now, he's in the tomb, and she aches as she misses him. Maybe honesty and vulnerability is the way that you and I will also find new life. Recently, I called my college roommate. We've not stayed in close touch at all, but I had heard that her father had died, and I, I wanted to reach out to her because her dad had been such a strong mentor and supporter of me, when I was a college student and in graduate school, and I just needed to call and tell her and, and to share with her how sad I was that her dad was no longer among us. I was so startled by her honesty and her vulnerability over the telephone because we hadn't spoken in years. She said to me, yes, I am sad about losing dad. He fought cancer with every possible medical remedy, but finally we ran out of remedies. 
but my deep sadness, she said, is that my 18-year-old daughter just spent three months in inpatient treatment at a hospital dealing with anorexia. But she's better now, my friend said. In fact, moving her into college is happening just this coming weekend. And I was struck by the genuine life in our brief phone conversation. My friend's honesty and vulnerability made a space for a deep connection, a glimpse of what really matters in this life. Can we be honest with God and each other? Oh, Lord, if you had only been here. Or maybe what leads to resurrection joy in this life that you and I lead is our ability to serve as Martha serves. The central image of Martha in the window is the one where she holds the keys and the fruit, but Martha is also depicted in the image below, serving food to her brother Lazarus and to Jesus. Martha first says to Jesus, if only you had been here, but then when Jesus tells Martha that resurrection is available now and that her brother will rise now, he challenges Martha saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? And Martha answers, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. And then we see Martha serving with hospitality with generosity. I think of a woman in our church who also spent her life serving others with generosity and hospitality. Her name was Margaret. On the one hand, Margaret's life was full of ease. She lived in an elaborate, many-room Tudor mansion with her husband over by UMKC, a home which eventually became the Chancellor's home. Margaret and her husband, Jesse, raised their two sons here in Kansas City in our church. Margaret chaired the Christian Women's Fellowship. Their youngest son died in a car accident in 1939 on the road just east of KU where he was a student. In response to that tragedy, Margaret and her husband gave money for a scholarship hall at KU. Their eldest son completed medical school and then became a flight surgeon in the Navy, serving in the Pacific Theater in World War II. And in 1945, Jesse was on a training flight outside of Seattle when the plane crashed, killing Jesse and the pilot. In his memory, they gave money to KU's medical school to build an auditorium. And then just two years later, Margaret's husband died. What could have been more devastating than to lose your only two children and your husband in the course of eight years? What did Margaret do next? She gave the money for these two windows, the Mary window on the right and the Martha window on the left. And she gave them in honor of her parents and her husband's parents. Then Margaret remarried moved to California, and helped to found a new Christian church there. Even in the midst of the tragedy of her life, she lived the resurrection by serving and giving to others. 
So maybe the resurrection now is about honesty and vulnerability in our relationships, or maybe it's about service, or maybe it's about the quality of life that we live now. I remember a couple of years ago when I went to see the film about Harriet Tubman. I know we all studied her in school, learning about the Underground Railroad, but a couple of the scenes in the movie about Harriet gripped me. The first one was when Harriet had already escaped slavery in the South and made it safely up North, and then she comes home to the South to get her husband and finds that her beloved husband has remarried, assuming she was dead. And Harriet is heartbroken, but she leaves and travels north again and begins helping other slaves escape. Some say Harriet helped 70 escape, some say 300, but at any rate, they nicknamed Harriet Moses because of her brave work on the Underground Railroad, fearlessly shepherding people across rivers and fields by nights, And she often said, there was one of two things that I had a right to, liberty or death. If I could not have one, I would have the other. Like Martha, she is not content to just be alive. She longs for a life of freedom, a life of hope, a new life. And then there is the moment in the movie when Harriet is confronted out in the forest by her former owner's son. And Harriet has a gun, and she has the option to kill him. But she doesn't. And for me, this is the moment of the film. Oh, I know this moment is imagined by the filmmaker because there is no historic record of this particular encounter. But for me, It captures her essence, this moment of redemption. She didn't just want life. She wanted a different kind of life, a life of compassion and freedom and love, not a life of hatred and destruction and enmity and violence and death. One of Harriet's friends in the Quaker tradition said, I never met anyone of any color who had more confidence in the voice of God. You see, Harriet, like Martha, rose to live a life rooted in the gifts of eternity while still here on earth. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Is that life available to you and to me now? Sometimes it rises up by pure mystery. For the last two months, my husband and I have lived what felt like a rather chaotic, nomadic life. (laughs) Our daughter bought a new house, and she needed to get out of her old house, but the new house needed some rehab, and so we decided as a family that our daughter and her husband and their two children should move into our house And Dave and I would move out and stay in some temporary locations for a while. And it sounded like a good plan to all of us at first. But it turned out to be pretty messy for everyone. We all felt rather discombobulated. 
And of course, you know, it lasted longer than any of us had planned. But last week, they finally moved into their new house. And Dave and I decided to drop by on move-in day and drop off some dinner for their first night in their new home. And we showed up with our paper bags, with paper plates, and dinner wrapped in tin foil on a cookie sheet. And we had to go next door to borrow a corkscrew because that wasn't unpacked yet. And we had to shove aside some laundry on the dining room table to sit down and make room for dinner. And my husband's ex-wife was there when we arrived. And the children, ages two and six, were just bouncing off the walls And we sat down, all seven of us, to eat together. Our daughter and her husband and her children and her mother and her stepmother and her father. And in that moment, there was not just the chaos of moving, but long history of chaos. The long history of chaos that comes when you blend families. And we sat down, and we said a prayer, and we raised our glasses in a toast, and we feasted on a home-cooked meal, and it felt like a foretaste of the resurrection. <laughs>